0: the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan J. Warner, and joining me today is an extremely special guest. We have Mindy Mazer. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Ryan. It's an honor to be here.
0: Yeah, we're really excited to have you, especially given your background, you've had many roles and you have had much success in a couple different industries, so we're really excited to to hear about it. Without any further ado, let's jump right in and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and and a little bit about what you do now, day to day.
1: Sure. Well, my name is Mindy Mazur. I live in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm a lifelong Missourian, uh, but I did spend a little bit of time in Washington, D.C. early in my career, which was pretty formative. Uh, Right now, I am the managing partner of Lentz Mazer & Associates, and we are a small consulting firm based in St. Louis, but with a hybrid team across the state of Missouri. And we work in areas of integrated communications, including public relations, and um, also in the area of public affairs. We do some association management for um, a variety of different type of clients helping them with their back-end operations, particularly smaller nonprofits. Uh, We also do work in the space of um, business and organizational strategic development. So helping organizations and businesses advance their missions or visions or business goals.
0: Wow, fascinating. So it sounds like you do a lot.
1: We do. And uh, my background is one of being what my, one of my friends called me once a multidisciplinarian. Mm-hmm. And so I have found a place now where I'm able to be a multidisciplinarian every day um, and take some of the different types of experiences that I've learned and also work with some other um, folks on my team who are also disciplinarian, multidisciplinarians, and also some who are specialists in some areas and together together. We get to do a lot of different and interesting things, and that makes us, you know, uniquely positioned to service certain types of clients, whether those be nonprofit organizations or, or for-profit businesses. Um, we find that when we find clients that are mission aligned, we're able to do more than just one thing for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can really meet them where they are, and that's that's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that sounds excellent, and I agree with you. It, it is so unique, not only to have skill in the multiple disciplines, but also to have the wherewithal, the, the experience, the wisdom to diagnose a situation and identify what it calls for, like what type of discipline would help them best.
1: Absolutely. And that's that's where both um, life and professional experience comes into play. And it's also where soft skills like listening <laughs> and reading uh, come into play too really understanding um and listening and drawing and here what what am I hearing here and and sometimes kind of parroting back to clients or potential clients okay so you've said all of these things what I'm hearing is this and um is that right affirming or confirming what they need or or okay yes then let's talk about um some clarifying information here and let's talk about what you have, what you need to do, what resources you have, where are the gaps, those kinds of assessments um, really start fundamentally with learning and listening and understanding where the client is coming from. Now, I mentioned also professional background is important too, right? Um, We don't do everything, uh, but we do um, certain types of uh, projects and partnerships that work really well for us that are in the space where we bring expertise. And so for me personally, and this isn't reflective of the entire team, as I mentioned, some of my teammates bring other experiences and and other areas of expertise. Um, But my background is in government and campaigns um, and nonprofits and startups. And so that's kind of an interesting stew of background that helps me, um, you know, sometimes be in the, maybe I can relate to the client or, you know, if I'm talking to an executive director or I'm talking to a COO, I've been in those roles. I could talk to a campaign manager. I've been a campaign manager and sometimes just being able to relate Mm -hmm. to um, somebody and their role and then listen to what they need. Think about what I've learned oftentimes through mistakes and things that didn't work out the right way um, and see how we can be helpful.
0: It probably makes them feel comfortable as well to talk to someone else who's been in their shoes and who's had some of the same challenges.
1: I think that's right. I, I think there is value to understanding and listening to folks that have had similar or adjacent experiences. Of course, there's also value as well in somebody who is completely new to something, and and that we've had those experiences as well too, where it's a whole new area that we get to learn because it's something we've never done before. Uh, we have a client right now that is um, is in a really interesting space where they are doing a statewide public awareness campaign related to a change in a federal form that is really important for students and for parents to know about this year. And it's been a really neat opportunity to apply some of the tactical skills that our team brings in executing that kind of campaign but also really digging in to learn about okay what are the policy changes how do that affect how do those affect real people um, what are students going to be asking about what are parents going to be asking about what are counselors going to be asking about and so an opportunity to really dig in and understand what those changes are and be able to connect those things to to what people need to know to be able to, to actually advance this and in this case we're talking about something that is it's the it's the FAFSA the federal, form to it's the first step um, in the US that you fill out if you're interested in getting federal student aid. So it's a really important mm. thing for anybody who wants to go to college. Mm-hmm. And so that's an example of so I was aware of that. But did I know all of these details about the FAFSA before we got to do this project? No. Um, <laughs> but now I know a whole bunch about it. And uh, hopefully the rest of the state will too, because that is that's what we're trying to do is help get out the word for for students and parents, so that for those who do want to go to college, there are more uh, doors opening for them in terms of having that financial aid and being able to afford it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just touching on what you mentioned earlier, the ability to actively listen, or like you say, read and really be receptive to the the folks that you're helping, and the businesses and the individuals. Mm-hmm. It is so crucial because, I mean, I don't have experience in political campaigns, but from the entrepreneurs and some of the founders that I've worked with, they're not always the best communicator. Like they have it in their mind and they know, but to be able to articulate that for them can be a huge challenge. So for you to be able to parse that out for them and come to, I guess, an agreement or put together a strategy, I'm sure it's alleviating for them. Like, oh, someone gets this, someone can can understand. <laughs>
1: Well, that's what that's what we try to do um, in many cases. And another another um, challenge that comes up sometimes with clients, um, particularly those in in the mission driven nonprofit space that are really trying to advance something or improve the lives of others, is is they want to do everything, hmm. and you want to help everybody. But the reality is that pretty much any foundation or nonprofit that's out there with the exception of maybe one or two really, really big ones, you're going to really have to focus your resources and your mission on one or or two maybe areas of impact and really focus and and do less, but deeper and better. And be really clear about what that mission and that focus is. And then being able to communicate that to others, to your to your stakeholders, to your partners, to your, maybe your clients or your end users. And that can be that can be challenging sometimes when there are so many good ideas and so many problems we want to fix. How do we, you know, really get clear about, okay, we cannot solve all the problems, but we're well positioned to tackle this one where we need another organization or person or partnership to move the ball down the field. And so a lot of our conversations are about that across different kinds of clients, um, because I think it's a common challenge. Uh, And um, it's one that it's very well intended, but really being able to focus in and then, like you said, make that strategy or plan, execute that. And oftentimes really having the discipline to continue on that path for a while, uh, Mm -hmm. to reinforce the messaging, um, to build on something and scale it rather than, than getting distracted by all of the other things we could be doing, but probably won't be able to do that well.
0: Yeah. And then especially if you don't get the immediate result, it takes a lot of discipline yes. to stay the course and trust in the system that was designed.
1: Yes, I, I think that's right. But actually, you know what's interesting is we are fortunate uh, to have some clients right now who are very entrepreneurial in terms of the way that they think. Okay. And one of one of our clients, uh, they're really fun to work with right now. They're the Bruce Foundation. They're based out of Kansas City, Missouri, and they are in the Space of expanding career pathways. And their um, executive director and COO, Leanne Taylor Knight, Dr. Leanne Taylor Knight, someone you might be interested in talking to sometime. She is a really dynamic leader. And one of the things that she shares with the team, both her staff and consultants, and in my case, I'm one of her consultants, and on behalf of Mr. De Bruce, Paul De Bruce, who was the founder, is the founder of the Bruce foundation, he was a successful entrepreneur be- before starting the foundation is this notion of you're going to make mistakes and that's okay, but only if you learn from them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So you're going to make mistakes. Just make sure you're learning something from those mistakes, because when you learn from those mistakes, you will get better. You will get smarter. You will move the ball down the field towards your project or your goal or your, or your mission impact. And that's been a really lovely space to be able to work in. And I, I try to channel that within our own team um, to have this enough space where we can be a little bit entrepreneurial in the way that we do our work. We can try some new things because that's how we're, that's how we're going to ultimately improve and serve our clients better over time. There has to be margin to be able to try new things and know that they're not always going to work, mm-hmm. but we got to learn from those. Um, we can't just we can't just fail and ignore it we we want to learn from those mistakes and so that entrepreneurial mindset i do see that in in some of our clients and it's really refreshing um because i think those are the ones that are doing some really innovative things in the world right now and it's it's fun to be a tiny part of their team
0: oh i imagine so i'm just putting myself in your shoes but you're right there's so many industries i mean i've worked with a number of companies that are just they're so afraid to fail that they they don't tr- they don't innovate they don't try; they just stick to the script, or they wait to be told what to do for the next steps. So they don't have the the latitude to just, you know, use their best judgment and and try to combine something or try something new.
1: Sure, and that can be hard, especially when you have limited resources. And so, I'm not saying it's easy to have that mindset, um, but to figure out where is there enough margin where you can have a little bit of that room for innovation, where it's still maybe in a controlled way for certain organizations particularly mm. if you're an organization that maybe you get federal or state dollars you're going to have parameters that you have to stay within um and those are that's really important at the same time how can you allow for that innovation and learn as you go and and do some neat things
0: yeah wow thanks you gave us a a lot to chew on there there's a lot of a, a lot of interesting components to your current role so let's wind back the clock a little bit did you always know you were going to do this? This is what you wanted to do someday when you were young?
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have thought that someday I would own my own business. Um, that was never a dream of mine. It was not even in the realm of possibility. It's not that I believed that I couldn't do it. it I just never thought about it. My parents are both retired public educators, and that was kind of the world I, I grew up in. And very supportive and wonderful parents. So I'm so fortunate to have them. And basically, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I graduated from college. I went to the University of Missouri, Mizzou, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh, got a degree in communication and a minor in music. And long story short, my first job out of college, I ended up working on Capitol Hill for Congressman Ike Skelton, who was also a Missourian. At the time, he was the ranking member of the Armed Services Committee. He was a senior member of Congress. And uh, working, moving to D.C. right after I uh, graduated from the zoo and working for Congressman Skelton really changed my life. Um, it was one of those opportunities where I just kind of I was kind of open to the opportunity. I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was a crash course in understanding how government can help people. It was an understanding of my first time in the workplace where there was a really cohesive team that was supportive of one another. Um, Ike was a wonderful mentor, and he surrounded himself with the most wonderful staff. I mean, I couldn't have had a better first job. Uh, so, so gracious. And uh, one of the things I learned from him was that he he would always open his speeches with, he would say, Cicero once said, gratitude is the greatest of all virtues. So it was like a quote of a quote. It was all, it was really funny. He would do it. But he it was he was so sincere about it, though, because and then he would say, and I, and I want to thank you for, you know, wherever he was. He was so sincere about that. He just loved people. It was so clear that he cared so deeply about serving the 4th District residents of the state of Missouri in the Congress. And and he did it so well, and he worked across party party lines, and he was an expert in public policy. And so from there, I really learned and understood, oh, wow, this is, this is something that's really important in our country. I knew I wanted to do something that would make a difference someday. That, that's basically all I knew. So that opened my eyes. At the time I was there in my early twenties, a lot of big things were happening in our country. Um, for example, Bush v. Gore, the 2000 mm-hmm. uh, election. You know that was a really pivotal thing that happened in our country, and that was happening when I was in the early stages of my career. Soon after that, 9/11. Um, while we, you know, we were evacuated from our building in, in Rayburn across from the Capitol, and how, how scary that was, and soon after that, anthrax. And so there were a lot of big, both domestic and international things going on at the time that I was starting my career. And I started to kind of understand public policy. What I really started to understand more than that was how much it mattered. And more than that, how much it mattered who made the public policy.
0: Oh, please. Allow so that's me.
1: what got Yes. So that's what got me interested in the campaign side of politics. So I was working for the Official federal government through the through the congressional office, but I started thinking, oh my gosh, let's look around. Let's who's in office here, who's making the laws, who are they representing, and all of those things. And so I started really getting interested in caring about certain policy issues and paying attention to who was advancing those. And through that interest, I was, I don't even know how I found out about it, but somehow I found out about the George Washington University Graduate School of Political Management. And that was a master's program that was pretty much designed for people like me who were already working, a lot of us working on the Hill or in government or in lobbying firms or other things and a master's program that specifically was about political management. And so it was a really neat opportunity for me to continue working uh, full time and then also go to school at night and get my master's. And that was an opportunity to learn from campaign managers, from pollsters, from research experts, from communication professionals, <laughs> and everything from speech writing to straw polls, and anything in between. Um, and, and it was also a great way to uh, make a network of friends and colleagues from across the country, many of whom I'm still connected with today. So it was through that experience and, and working for Ike that I, after that, I thought I really need to, I really need to run a campaign. And um, that that Sorry. led to me doing that. Yes, go ahead
0: at some point, because obviously you're not doing that any longer, but during that period of your life, did you ever think, yeah, I can do this. I can, maybe I can even run one day or maybe I could like, did, did, do you have those thoughts
1: about running for office myself? Yeah. Or, or about being running more a involved campaign.
0: at that point, like dedicating oh. your life to, to politics.
1: Well, yes. And um, that, that was the path for a while. And what and what I think I've learned over the years is um, there are a lot of different ways to make a difference. And so, in retrospect, the way I think about it, I have I had a season of my life that was really engaged in government, in campaigns, um, and really living and breathing that every day on the on the. I don't like to say the front lines, but I don't have a better I don't have a better metaphor for that. Um, but, you know, really that um, being embedded pretty much in, in government or campaigns and that led to other things in my career that are different angles or sides um, to other ways of advancing public policy or change or things that improve people's lives. And so I found that what made me interested in government was helping people. Um, what made me interested in campaigns was helping people, <laughs> um, you know, and making a difference. What made me interested later in working in nonprofits and for other organizations that were helping nonprofits and, and businesses that were doing good things was making a difference and helping people. So that's really the common thread.
0: Yeah. So once it sounds like, so once you spend some time there and you familiarized yourself, you understood how mm-hmm. the machine works, so to speak you were able to kind of target areas where you could have more impact. Is that right?
1: I think that's fair to say. I mean, I mean, literally what happened was I did get the opportunity to do one of Ike's free election campaigns. I took the leave of absence and that gave me the opportunity to, to learn from him in rural Missouri, the other side of the state that I didn't grow up in, and organize in 25 counties and go to all the the picnics and, and the low dollar (laughs) fundraisers and, and all those kinds of like grassroots type activities. And I really, I loved it. And I loved seeing the other side of the state. And, and then after that, and after I finished my master's, I decided I really needed to go work on a presidential campaign because that's what people like us do. And so I did that. I went on the presidential trail and I I was working for Dick Ephart in that campaign. And this would have been 2003 and um, also a congressman from Missouri. So it was, was again sort of a lateral move there from it made sense and I was working for another Missourian and uh that that was a wonderful experience like I went out to Oklahoma and I organized in several counties and I think field organizing is one of those skill sets that is so transferable it's great for anybody to do just like I think people should maybe try uh working in a restaurant sometime or you know there's certain like life skills I would put field organizing in that category okay and um we never even got to the Oklahoma primary because he dropped out after the Iowa caucuses, but it was still a wonderful learning opportunity. And I went on to another campaign after that. And then I heard sort of through the grapevine that Robin Carnahan was running for secretary of state in Missouri and was looking for a campaign manager. And I thought, Oh, I, I, I'm going to get my resume in front of her. I'd never met her before, but I I knew who she was. And her father had been our governor and her mother had been um, our first senator first woman senator in the state of missouri and i was a fan of robin so anyway a mentor of mine managed to get my resume in front of her and i got an interview and i got the gig so i got to run my first statewide campaign it was for robin carnahan when she was um, running for secretary of state in 2004 and we built this wonderful team and we won and that felt really good (laughs) a lot more fun to win than to lose i can tell you about both sides of that
0: um (laughs)
1: Robin, too, has gone on to do really amazing things after eight years of being our Secretary of State, where she, she's somebody who I greatly admire, I still stay connected with. Uh, but she, she was one that always taught me. So I told you a little bit about what Ike taught me. But what Robin taught me was a couple things. One, um, she always told me to enjoy the journey, which I'm still trying to learn that myself. And you know, I think I know what she means, but if that one's one I'm, I'm still working on. Um, but she has, you know, her life experience gave her a very important perspective on that. And, um, and so that, and then the other, the other thing that I learned from her is uh, why not? Um, I got to be Robin's campaign manager and I was also her first chief of staff in the secretary of state's office. And, and she's a real innovator. And yeah. um, although she was an office holder, she was also a disruptor in some ways. Well, why can't we make it easier for businesses to fill out paperwork online? We have the internet now, you know? And so mm. um, we ha- we the, she, she was very much an innovator as secretary of state. And it was fun to get to work with somebody like that. I was also, you know, it was a lot of work too, right? <laughs> Our team was always like, oh, well, why can't we do that? Why, why not? And so many times... She was on to something. She was just 18 steps ahead of us, uh, you know? Okay. And so okay. now she's the GSA administrator and doing some really innovative stuff at the federal level um, with regard to the government um, facilities across the country and um, modernizing those and making sure they're energy efficient and things like that. So it's really neat to kind of, you know, see see where her career journey has led her to.
0: Um, yeah, I have a, a couple of questions, but I guess the top of mind is who would you say looking back now did she have more of an impact on you or was it ike
1: oh it's a it's a toss-up okay different phases of life different mentors i've been so lucky to work with so many interesting and wonderful people and who i've picked up these important lessons through throughout my life and certainly ike and robin would be at the type of at the top of my list
0: Okay. Didn't mean to force you to pick, but I was just curious. I if would one... never
1: pick between them. <laughs> <laughs> I would so, never pick between them. No, they're just, I'm, you know, again, just, um, just, and, and there are others that would, that I, that can bubble up there too that I've learned so much from and I'm, I'm still learning every day. That's one of the things I really try and think about every day is what am I learning today? Who am I learning it from? And, and how can I, how can I improve?
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. You have to have that uh, growth mindset, right? To mm-hmm. yes. that's that's what it takes. Really, it does. So, tell me about your your the first position you had outside of politics. Was that were you a little bit hesitant to go into that? How, what were the feelings like there?
1: Well, no, not really, because um, after after some time of, um, I would say I had about a decade of of official government and campaigns and and working for nonprofit advocacy organizations, kind of all in there. And then I had an opportunity to go to a startup, but it was kind of government adjacent because it was connected with the state of Missouri. Um, And that was a, um, a startup nonprofit state health information network. And so this kind of bridges the next decade. And I didn't realize it when it was happening, but, Really, what happened in that decade for me was I went from startup to startup to startup to startup. <laughs> and now looking back, I'm like, I, I like startups, uh, turns out. Now, interestingly enough, I'm at a firm now that's more than 35 years old. And so it is not a startup. But when you join forces and have a mini merge in a firm like ours, it there are some startup-like elements to it sure. just by the nature of change management and things mm-hmm. like that. But no, it was um, it was an opportunity to take my skills from government and campaign management and transfer those into a communications and operations role in helping stand up a statewide nonprofit with um, hospital and doctor physician offices and nonprofits across the state to help help put into place the initial framework for a statewide health information technology highway. So all those different electronic medical records that can't talk to each other. It was a project related to that, and I was one of the first two people in the state of Missouri to to work on that project. But it really it was a great next move for me because it was kind of adjacent and taking these transferable skills and just applying them in a new way, standing up an organization um, with all these folks across the state. So I really enjoyed it, and I learned a new. Once again, it was an opportunity to learn a whole new uh, subject matter area. I didn't know anything about health information technology before that and you know I'd had I'd worked on some big technology projects but they weren't related to healthcare. And so that was a really neat opportunity to, to grow and from there I went went on to another startup which was simply because I had some friends who were starting their own public affairs and um, digital marketing agency and I couldn't resist. <laughs>
0: Working with your friends, uh, working
1: with working with my friends, and I get to work with friends now again as well. And there's something to be said about that. Throughout your career, you find or at least through mine. I shouldn't say you. I should use my eye voice. Throughout my career, I've found that there are certain people that I've really enjoyed working with that we work really well together. And I have had the opportunity to work with them again, sometimes in really unexpected ways, unpredictable ways, where we're wearing different hats. It's 15 years later, I never would have thought we would work together ever again. And here we are. And it is, it's awesome, you know? So um, my goal is to continue doing more of that for as long as I'm still working.
0: Yeah, that sounds awesome. That's, you know, just an unexpected surprise 15 years later. Yeah. Kind of shocked that that happened. I don't think I've ever heard that happening before. So. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I I haven't heard from someone saying, yeah, we worked together 15 years ago never thought I'd see him again. And then all of a sudden we're working together again. Like that's, that's a great story. It's,
1: it has been great. And I I really think it has to do with one of the other things I have learned from all my peers and, and uh, mentors and sponsors through the years is that relationships matter. And, That is one of my biggest takeaways over and over and over again. And when I mentor people, I often tell them the most important thing, relationships matter. And you see it time and again in these different ways as your career or your life turns in different ways, the relationships you build along the way, some of them may have a natural cycle, but others may come around Hmm. and others will be for life. And mm-hmm. it's just wonderful, I think, to be able to know that those relationships matter. And at the end of the day, it really is a very small world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has certainly been my experience. And it's it's been, it's been fun and unexpected. I just got a call last week from somebody who I hadn't heard from in forever. And they said, I have this project in Missouri, and I know you, and what do you think? <laughs> and I was like, hey, how's it going? It's been like 12 years. <laughs> great to hear from you but it is so fun when that happens because you know just staying connected with people even in sort of informal ways can be it just can be really enriching and in, in so many um in so many circumstances
0: i agree and i i love your word choice there enriching that's a, that's the perfect perfect word to describe it so my listeners are probably tired of hearing me banging on about how important communication is, as I'm a professor of (laughs) communication and and all of my training and coaching, I have to integrate elements of it. But someone like you, you, I mean, no doubt you're an effective communicator yourself. You wouldn't be as successful as you are without it, but I'm sure you've seen your fair share both in politics and outside of effective communicators and let's say less effective or suboptimal communicators Mm -hmm. and can you tell us is it a real difference or is it just one of those skills where it's not a huge deal to develop it?
1: Well, I think anybody can develop their communication skills first of all. So, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a nature versus nurture situation. I think it's an important and uh, absolutely essential skill for anyone to have basic communication skills in order to be successful in their workplace. And so one of the things that I have learned is I think there are skill building things you can do younger in life that can make you a little more equipped as you start your career. Um, Some of those things are, I'm thinking back to like high school and college, you know, being, being in band and being in theater and being on sports teams, you have to learn how to perform in front of others. You also learn to coordinate and communicate as a team in those types of activities. They can be confidence builders. And so at a young age, those things, you don't even think about them being opportunities to hone your communication skills, but they are. So I think there's, there's some foundational stuff there with regard to communicating. The other thing that I believe is that through my experience in all of these different, wearing all these different hats. Being in these different roles throughout my career, I've really learned that being able to communicate effectively, both internally and externally, is absolutely essential to <laughs> success. So, working on it is a practice, mm-hmm. and it's a priority. It is a practice and a priority for me, and I would say for my for my teammates as well. And it's it's something that you have to continue practicing, and and um, it's like a muscle, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But, but again, my, my comment about internal and external, internal for that internal team, or even if you're, if you're working with clients or other businesses or customers, that's, you know, that internal communication, clarity of vision and mission and roles and responsibilities, so important culture, right? How do you communicate your culture internally um, versus the external public facing or certain audiences, Really, being able to effectively and clearly communicate your message, so that your um, your target customer or your end user understands um, the service or product or, or or value that you are providing, or what you want them to do, what mm-hmm. what information you want them to read, something do you want them to take action. Um, being able to communicate effectively is is like the glue to advancing just about anything, in my opinion.
0: I love it. I, I just, I love it because you support me and my position, but you, you're very articulate in your own right and you laid it out very eloquently for our listeners. So thank you very much for that answer.
1: Absolutely. Well, should I add, you should also read The Effective Presenter. <laughs> That's also really important um, for, for uh, building that communication muscle.
0: Yeah. We appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for the plug there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Mindy, we're, we're wrapping up. We're coming to the end. So we thank you again for your time, but we have to ask you a question. We ask all of our listeners and no doubt you've learned many lessons along the way. And you were kind enough to share many of them today with us, which we're very grateful for. But if you could go back and talk to a Mindy at 17, 18 years old, just starting out, mm-hmm. maybe just going into college or just entering that phase of their life what would you tell them?
1: Yes. This is such a hard question to answer. (laughs) Um, It really is. Um, But giving giving advice, I have thought a lot about this. I would say, knowing what I know now, Mm -hmm. to think less about a certain title or role, find a place where you can work with people you like, where you make money on the things you enjoy doing or care about and that you have enough space and support to do them well and to enjoy your life and your family. That's what I would say. And there are a lot of different ways you can do that and you won't get to do them all. And you may do more than one in different orders.
0: All right. There you have it. You know what I hear there? I hear the the makings of a book. Coming out. Oh. Mindy Mazer's Guide to Life. That's what I think we're going to see. Oh, okay. Mindy, thank you so much again for your time. We really appreciate you coming on today.
1: Ryan, thank you so much. It's an absolute honor to have this conversation with you. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Oh, of course. And to our listeners out there, we wish you success in your future endeavors.